You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Dive into our text today in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. So excited about what we get to experience today on Orphan Sunday. Uh, in Ephesians 1, 1 through 6 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual blessings in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in every who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. This is God's word. Okay, as David alluded to us, it is exciting what uh, we're going to get to enjoy uh, and participate in today. Um, I want to talk to you for just a minute, and then I'm going to invite some of uh, the Life Church family to, uh, to come up here uh, and share with you. Um, I, I really believe in my own heart that adoption is one of the most um, profound realities that is in the, the whole of the universe. And I, I use that term specifically. Um, I think we need to say that, not just in the world, but literally beyond the world as, as we know it. Uh, because adoption goes beyond this world, all right? It, it's, it's greater than this world. Uh, it, it, it was, it is before the world in, in God's plan. Um, and, and God looked down and saw you uh, before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. He knew you. Um, and he made a way for you and I to not be estranged and to not to be left out and alone, but to be brought into the family of God. And so by his son, Jesus Christ, through the spirit of adoption, he has brought each of us in. And so that's where we want to land as a church. We want to land on that kind of basis, all right? And, and so I have three aims this morning that I, I hope we can accomplish. And one is that, that all of us would really just in some moment today consider and really embrace this sort of a, amazing, amazing wonder of being adopted into the kingdom of God, to be a part of God's family. It's, that, that's, that is the most powerful identifier that you can have is to, to be called a son or a daughter of God. The second thing that I hope will happen today is that all of us would support the ministry of adoption through Life Church and the means by which we provide for other people to uh, be able to adopt uh, children, both emotional support and spiritual support, uh, as well as financial support. Um, and the third thing that I would hope for is that along the way is that there are individuals and couples who would get more involved. Uh, even to the point that some of you would consider adoption as a part of what God has called you to do. And I'm not saying that that's for all of you, and I'm not placing anything on anyone. You're going to hear some tremendous stories today about how adoption has affected people's lives, and some of that is going to be very powerful, even almost romantic in some ways. But I want you to go far from romanticizing all of this. I want you to understand the very depths of, of the challenges and the deepness that, that hits a family who chooses to adopt. 
Um, but hopefully you will see in all of that what God is doing in the lives of these families. So um, without going much further here uh, at this point, um, I want to invite some of these families up, and I want them to share with you. I've asked them to do, uh, uh, you know, a few things in terms of how they share. I would love to know from those people who have adopted in Life Church. And, and listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to showcase about three families today. There are others in this church who have adopted children and have, have amazing stories to tell, both of the ups and the downs of adopting. Uh, we have individuals who have been uh, faithful in uh, trying to foster care kids over the years. Uh, one of the first families who ever came into Life Church that was a big part of their lives was foster care. Uh, and I, I remember both of them sharing w- with us around their table many, many times uh, the great joys and the great challenges of many, many kids that they fostered. And, and this is a, an equally challenging area for, for many people. Um, so let's, let's just hear from some families today. I can preach you a three-point sermon on adoption and try to convince you to adopt. Uh, but I think there's some sermons out here that are in the lives of people in Life Church that you and I need to hear today. And so I want some living epistles to kind of speak out today, all right? So I'm going to ask the DeHaan family if they would uh, join me up here. And um, I've given these families, uh, yeah, welcome them. I have given all of these families some liberty, uh, both in what they might say and, uh, and the time frame in which they take. I don't know how to fix this, so I'm just going to give you the microphone, all right? Um, And uh, hopefully they'll be able to just share their heart and be transparent with you today. Uh, So it's yours, guys. All right, thank you so much for doing this. Pastor Bill originally gave us three questions, and we work well in structure, so we're going to answer those questions in the order he gave us every other one. (laughs) Or is that not our plan? I thought we were both going to answer each one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll take turns. Okay. Um, so he, uh, the first question he asked was, was really how the Lord put this on our heart. Um, how did this come into our life? Then um, we have two very different answers for that. Um, I was created with this in my heart. I believe um, that from the very beginning, when God knit me together, he put a desire Um, to adopt whatever that was going to look like into my life, children that were not my own. Um, I had dreams, and I had visions of this long before I even liked boys. So I didn't even think about a marriage partner needing to do this with me. I just knew that this was something I was called to. I didn't grow up thinking that. Um, <laughs> in fact, when we finally made the decision and we told my parents, um, my, dad, my dad told me, you know, son, this might not go well. <laughs> and that was my whole thought process on it whenever I would think about it. It just, I had some friends growing up who that was a part of their life and it was hard. And and that was my thought process, too. And I did assure my dad that I did think about that, <laughs> and I was aware of that. Um, but, yeah, it took a lot longer for me to uh, feel called to be adopt or to adopt. Kara says we talked about it while we were dating. I don't remember that. 
I do remember driving home from church one Sunday and Kara saying, I really feel like we should consider adopting. And I, I think maybe I even shared this, I said, I think we should pray about it. <laughs> Which I thought would buy me some time. And it did, about 10 years. Because um, part of me wanted to say, yeah, I think we should too, you know, just to make my wife happy. But I thought in the long run that maybe wasn't the best route. So Kara started did praying, started praying fervently, I believe. And I prayed probably half-heartedly because I didn't really want to do it. Um, but about 10 years later, God started working on my heart after our third son was born. Slowly but surely at bedtime as I was tucking him in, um, I started thinking more and more about little ones who did not have a mom or dad to tuck them in. And that's when, and you must, I think maybe we're talking about it a little bit more than two, but that's when it, it became, that, that's when it, it was placed on my heart that I could tuck somebody else in too, and, and there's kids that don't have anybody to tuck them in, and I know they'd have a good mom, so... It was, it was then that I started probably praying more seriously about it. And, um, and then with some friends we had in the community who, who took the leap and weren't afraid of the risk, um, made me think, well, we could do it too. Um, things Life Church should know about adopted kids. Um, it's very easy from our side of the world and in our situation to look at their adoption story as a coming home. That they're this nebulous place before, um, but then once they get home and you have balloons and a welcome at the airport, um, that child is so lucky. Um, and I say this not because a specific person in Life Church has said anything to me like our daughter is so lucky, but it's because I've thought of this myself before, seeing kids who've been adopted in, just thinking, wow, they get this whole family. Um, but adoption itself is a trauma. And so their life began in a place um, probably very loved by someone that God chose to give this child to. And that was a beautiful plan, too. And through circumstances of maybe death or illness, um, rebel groups, disease, this child has to leave what was probably a great place. So they have their first loss, their first trauma. Then they're put somewhere um, where they're not having their needs met. Maybe their emotional needs are met, which is more often the place for kids who are in Africa because it's a very communal type of living. Family's important. Um, but their physical needs might not be being met. Um, someone who's coming more out of, like, um, the Russian block, um, they are getting what they need for food, but they're not getting touch. And that's a huge part of development. 
Um, and then people come into their life who look entirely different than them. They smell different. Their skin might be a different color. The food is different. The language is different. Um, and that's a trauma, too. And so you are working with children that have been very damaged, and it changes their physical brains. So it changes how they can or can't respond to discipline. Um, it changes how they see and whether or not they can trust other people and how long it takes for them to trust. Um, and that trauma doesn't ever go away. That will always be a part of their story. Um, our daughter Naomi saw her mother die, and it was with one eye closed. It was one of the first things she acted out for us. She came home only speaking Swahili. She understood French, but she would act out someone laying on the table with a sheet halfway pulled up, and Naomi must have helped scrub her mom's body. Um, and they put a sheet over her, and Naomi would act out men coming in and picking up her body and bringing her outside, and then she couldn't go. So that's the end of her story. Um, when Naomi sees um, police, she's terrified. Um, the Holy Spirit is actually a scary concept for her because someone who can be in her room with her that she can't see, it's fearful. Um, so your goal as an adoptive family becomes so much different. You're working on relationship with your child. Um, you're working on safety all the time. We could feed her, have fed her really well every day since she's been here. But there is still a concern that she might not get it the next time. And that doesn't go away. Um, things get better. They get better. But it affects, it, it, it affects everything. So you sign up. You sign on for walking with them toward health is what you sign on for. Not perfection, um, not what our other kiddos look like, just improvement. You covered pretty much everything there, I think. Um, I guess the, the only other thing I was going to add was... Um, you kind of touched on it was when you see us interact with our daughter sometimes and if she's um, maybe not going along with the flow like she should um, discipline's a whole different deal with an adoptive child than with a, a biological child our aim is to constantly create and and gain relationship with her and if we drop the hammer that does the opposite, even though that's kind of my instinct all the time. So there's been a, a dying to self there because it just feels like I'm giving up and, and that's really hard. But you know, so if you notice us maybe doing some odd things, it's or it, our, our goal is to constantly bring her back because there's not an innate draw to us like our other children. So we, we want to keep trying to foster that. Um, so how our hearts have changed through adoption. Um, I would say the biggest one for me is that it's created an even larger desire for me to understand um, 
people groups outside of my own, where they come from and why. So, yes, this person does this or this culture does this or um, this is not at all the right thing. Well, why? Why do they do this? Why is there this behavior? Why, why is this not important to them, but it's important to me? Um, and I pray. I pray for the people of Congo. I pray for Naomi's grandma um, who's still living. I pray for the people that she loves who are still alive over there. Um, and with our upcoming adoption, um, I think any time, and that's one thing we've appreciated so much about Life Church is that you look at other parts of the world and you learn about them and you pray specifically for them. I just think the kingdom of God it gets closer to your own life when you understand and take the time to really learn about another people group. Um, so those are my biggest changes. I, I think I share that change. Probably another, how it's impacted my life is just understanding, even if it's a small way, God's love for me more. Adoption is so analogous to to God's love for us. And we experience that again as we're in the process of our second adoption. We have not been matched up with another child yet, but we... We're, we're trying to be with a, a little girl from Burundi. So we don't know her name. Um, we don't know who she is. She, does, she certainly doesn't know us or even maybe even have a concept of what's going to happen. But there's a part of us that already loves her. When, and when we get to know her name and see her picture, we love her even more. Um, and that's really analogous to God's love for us. You know, before the world was created, he loved us. Um, before I could love him back, he loved us. And now even having Naomi home, we love her, she loves us back. But sometimes it seems like she doesn't show a whole lot of gratitude for it. <laughs> and I'm probably very similar there. You know, there's, there's, always, there's still rebellion, and yet God's love is faithful, it's strong, and it doesn't give up. And we're not going to give up on her e- either, although sometimes it feels like... That's yeah. the way we take turns. That, yeah. Here, you take her. <laughs> so that's, I mean, it's powerful, guys. God loved you before you knew him. And we rebel all the time, and, and he, he just doesn't give up. So. Part of what David and I want very much for Life Church is that we are discipling one another and this is a, just another facet of how we can be discipled is when we learn and we learn from each other and we learn how to support and care for one another so thank you so much for for the understanding and the insight that you've given to us i'm going to ask roy and yvette to come as well and i'd like for them to share from their heart as well for a few minutes here uh, our adoption was uh, very unconventional um, when we got married, we had two still children. We had the first uh, stillborn at um, our first daughter was seven months, and she passed away. And we tried again, had another daughter, and she passed away at seven and a half months. And at that point, we thought that we were never going to have children together. And after the burial of the child. We used to pray on Sunday night, just Roy and I, and that night we decided to 
pray about God giving us a child. We, again, no offense to those who have gone through an, an adoption agency and adopted a child through there. I didn't want to do that. And we prayed and asked God to bring a child to us. And this was in uh, July, June, July. And in November of 2003, a friend of ours, she was a missionary in Africa and she was a nurse. She stopped by the house and she said that there was a little child who was left at the maternity. And she wanted to know if Roy and I would take the child in for the weekend. And this was a Saturday. And then on Sunday, we'll go to, to the social services and have them take the child. We uh, went to the hospital and took Esther. And at the time, she didn't have a name. So we took her home. And when came Sunday, we um, were praying again. And we remembered what we prayed about three months prior. And that's how we decided to adopt Esther. And when came Sunday, uh, Monday, we, the nurse came back to get Esther, and we said that we've decided to adopt her. So that's how we, um, we got Esther. And uh, the same day we got Esther, um, I found out that I was expecting Stephen. And so we always tell them that they are uh, spiritual twins, because uh, three months earlier, Roy also was driving, and he was... Uh, disheartened by all that we've gone through, and through, I don't know if it was a vision or revelation, he heard God telling him that you'll have two children by this time next year. And that was a confirmation again that we were to adopt Esther. So that's how we um, got her, and she has been a blessing. The first two pregnancies were very, very difficult. And when I got Esther, and I was pregnant, I had no issue, none whatsoever. And the pregnancy went smoothly, and the delivery was also very, very smooth. So, and I always say that Esther has been a, a, a blessing. I asked her for the permission to do this today. I've never spoken openly in front of people about her being adopted. Not very many people know that, and I certainly don't want her to feel any different than the children that I have I will never have another daughter. She's my only one. And I want her to feel loved and cared for. Yeah, um, there was some unfortunate events that took place in our lives for, for us to become adopted parents. Uh, uh, it's kind of funny because it seems like mothers can always remember all these different things that took place during that time. But I can definitely relate to Eric, uh, you know, in a lot of, lot of ways in, in how he spoke about his adoption. It's not uh, the fact that, I, that, 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 that we don't love, but it takes a lot of prayers for, I think, for men in general to, to, to really accept that. That being said, even, even, even after we prayed, you know, quite a bit, you know, we went through a lot of, uh, a lot of challenges um, trying to trying to get Esther adopted and to get her um, to get her here to get her home um, and the biggest one the biggest challenge for, for us really was the loss of our, our two children uh, you know and when I think about it even you know 13 years later I still get kind of kind of teary about it but um, you know God is faithful and uh, he always have a plan for all of us 
and apparent, according to God's plan, that's a part of our of our plan, our joining together, you know, through this life. And so, she is indeed a blessing to us, and we thank God for every day. And how did adoption change our lives? Um, certainly, we were not planning on adopting; we were planning on having a family of of our own. How it changed us was uh, the ability to understand that we are all adopted and that God loves us no matter what. He will never give up on us. And uh, throughout the years, uh, I remember Esther coming one morning, and we've talked to her about that, talked to her about being adopted prior to sending her to school, not wanting her to find out through other people that she was adopted. It was very if we don't say or tell people that she's adopted, you'll never guess that she is. And we didn't want her to stumble on it, so we talked to her about it. And one morning, she was in first grade, and I was getting ready for work. And she came in, and she said, Mom, whose belly did I come out of? And that was a hard question. And we, we tried to find her mom. We had it in the newspaper, and nobody never, ever came forth. And um, I told her, um, I don't know who your mom is, but one thing I know for sure is that she loved you. She went through the risk of taking you to a maternity, knowing that somebody would take care of you. And I don't want you to feel that she abandoned you. I didn't know the conditions, and I don't know what she was going through, but she loved you. And she said, do you know who she is? I said, no. And my greatest fear is that one day she will grow up and want to find her. How will I feel? I hope I'll be prepared for it and being able to walk her through and being able to be there for her, um, leading her and guiding her through those emotions that hopefully God will allow us to um, be able to handle when they come. And it's also um, changed us in that Stephen is very, very close to his sister. And we always remind all our children that we are children of God. That there is um, no greater gift than being adopted or accepted in a family, just like she was. And for them, there is really no difference. We never bring up adoption. We don't talk too much about it. We're just a family. Another thing for us, the, the, the upside for our adoption is Esther has never been into an orphanage, so she didn't have all the trauma that uh, some, some families speak of. Um, as far as we know, Esther was probably about two weeks old when we got her into our family. Um, yeah, so her and Stephen has always grew up together, uh, except for the year that we had to leave Esther behind because of the paper difference between Africa and the United States. But other than that, you know, Esther's been a part of our family from day one, basically. Uh, she, again, she, she didn't go through all the traumas. She, we are the only family that she's ever known. A lot of the conversation that they have in the morning, <laughs> I'm off at work, so I, I, I hear about it secondhand, but Yvette actually shared that story with me about Esther asking her about the time that, uh, you know, what, whose stomach was I in? Or, and also, I think she said, Stephen came out of your stomach, but then I came out of, and then it was the last of it. I never even heard the story from Esther directly, but that was the last of it. So again, you know, we, we're not um, hiding Esther's adoption. We've always spoken openly with her about it, but it just it never comes up. So, yeah. And one thing I will mention, too, is, um, is that whenever um, 
you want to adopt or feel like God is calling you, make sure that you pray and confirm that it is not an easy road for those who have gone through it. And even when you've done it, you also second-guess yourself, wondering, have I done the right thing? Or am I doing the right thing? Make sure that you're backed up by a prayer and that people in your church or your circle are supporting you and knowing exactly what's happening and what you are going through. As I said, not everyone who has been involved in an adoption or is an adopted family is sharing today. There are several sitting here that have amazing stories that they can tell. Um, but I did, I did ask for three families to share today with you, um, thinking of time constraints and those kinds of things. But uh, we have one more family to share, and, and I want them to take as much time as they need to as well here to share uh, with you. Okay, so bishops, will you come here, and uh, if, if we can all grace them to listen to their story. Um, and... I'll ditch the sermon I had. It wasn't that great anyway, so, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to listen to these guys here for a little bit, all right? Thanks. Well, I, I brought a note card. I can get long-winded. When he first asked last week if we would say a few words, I thought, oh, no, because <laughs> um, these are loaded, loaded questions um, for us. Um, that being said, um, you want to speak to how we got here? Or is that fuzzy detail to you? <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, Roy, I was so, you say you don't remember these things, but I was watching your face. I couldn't help. Did anybody else notice how Roy was just beaming up here when um, Yvette was recounting that time and when Esther came? And I just, I think you remember more than you think, or your heart remembers those things. So um, I, I love hearing what you guys have shared so far. We'll try not to be redundant. What do you want to say? Well, um, we, we had, uh, I guess there were two rounds, so <laughs> so I, I won't go there, but um, uh, we had a uh, basically um, an adoption that didn't work out a few years ago, and uh, <laughs> this <laughs> is not going to go. go. <laughs> so anyway, when when this came up again, it, it, it was something that was. Um, you know, you really had to wrestle. Do we want to go through this again? And uh, it wasn't easy. <laughs> but after prayer and, and just, um, you know, you, you live life once and God is there for us. And uh, so we, we thought, you know, let's give this another shot. So that's what we did. I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't fancy. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't anything, uh, you know, I don't know, earth shattering, but uh, we just felt called and responded. Took a little while, but. Okay, I'm going to answer that one while I didn't know we were going there. I'll say that initially, the very, like, this was over a decade ago now. So um, that experience, it was kind of like adoption wasn't anywhere on our radar, and then suddenly it was. It was everywhere. It was like everywhere we looked, there were. I don't know. It was just so weird. It was like there are books and there are people and there are these things all lining up. And I thought, what? I mean, we hadn't ever thought about it before. And suddenly it was like, this is clear. How did we not see this? How did we not see this in scripture? How did we not see this anywhere? Like, and it was just a real strong calling. So we went through that. You guys were open about that. It's just a really long story that's hard to get into here in this setting. And we don't have time for that for it. Um, 
if you want to know more, feel free to ask us. But um, we moved kind of through that experience and into a new season. And um, we had a really, really hard season of grief then. And, well, I did anyway. I cried probably every day for about two and a half years. And there was a time, about a week, I don't know, there was a time, the twin thing is, is kind of relevant to us too in a weird way because um, I had a dream, two dreams over the course of one week when we were in this intense season of grieving. And um, in one of the dreams, I gave birth. I was in a hospital giving birth, and it was a girl. And it was like the most crazy real thing I'd ever experienced. And that was just strange. And then a couple days later, I, I actually had an experience where I heard the audible voice of God. It's never happened before. It never happened again after. But I heard God, and he said, don't be discouraged. Don't despair. I'm going to add your, to your family through adoption. He gave a little detail about what that would entail, and I thought, there is no way. I am sure there, oh, well, I just kind of tucked it away, and I didn't say anything. I woke up and said to Chris, I think I just heard God talk. He said, what do you say? I said, I am not telling you. <laughs> there is no way you want to hear what God said. There is just no way you want to hear that. So that was kind of the, but then it was some years, some years of just waiting on the Lord where that was going to lead and how that was going to happen. We ended up having Elsa. I knew from the second I knew I was pregnant she was going to be a girl. She was. And then um, uh, Maxwell came about, she was about, she about two and a half when he came. So um, so we've been in this a while. Um, we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> uh, I really struggled through how we, we would share with Life Church what you should know about the struggles of an adoptive family. Um, because sometimes in our journey, in our path, it has felt like the struggles and the challenges are more than what we could even come around to sharing. Um, so I asked one of our kids when I had a moment a couple days ago, I said, hey, you know, what would you share with a church? What would you want Life Church to know about adoption if you could share something about how adoption has impacted our family? And she said... Uh, well, I just don't think there's any way that they could know or understand it. And, um, but I guess if there was a way, I would just tell them it's way, way harder than not. And our family is way, way harder than it was before. And um, I would probably also tell them that um, what they see on the outside is not at all what we experience at home. So I took that, and then I asked another kid, and that said child said they wouldn't even want to know what I would say. So, like I said, this is loaded for us, but um, what I, I want to break down the words of my daughter because I feel like she hit it for us. Um, the first thing she said was, well, there's no way they could actually understand or know. And that indicates there's a, an isolating effect that can happen in adoptive families, and especially those who have really difficult journeys. And we are not isolated in that. I mean, we are not the only people on this path that have suffered or experienced difficulties. So I did not want to indicate that at all. Um, there's kind of a thing that happens where you start to feel like nobody would understand. 
Nobody would get this. Nobody can understand this because there's no way we could have understood this before we walked it. And so you kind of isolate. Um, the difficulties, she indicated that. It's difficult. What are the difficulties? Well, sometimes adoptive families get to have a great experience, and we so rejoice with that. Like, how amazing that you can adopt somebody's child, and they're exactly like your own, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. Sometimes, though, there's other things to overcome, and those things are, I mean, prenatal exposure, abuse, trauma, loss, all adoptions rooted in loss, but then you get some of these additional things on top, um, health diagnoses and malnutrition and some of this other stuff. And when a brain is developing in that state of chronic stress, as Kara alluded to earlier, it really literally changes the structure of the brain and the way it forms. So there are things that are no longer able to work in the same context as they would when you get to have um, the brain development occur. And we, we grieve that loss. We grieve those losses a lot because we can't fix it. Um, so it's hard. Um, so we would like people to understand that even if a child comes to a family from straight from the hospital, if this child has been growing and developing in a toxic environment of stress and substances, that child may still have all these difficulties and you just want to be able to help them. You want to be able for it to not be so hard for them. Um, okay, I'm going to let you speak to that point because I'm done on that. The, the struggles and the difficulties, if there's anything you want to add on that. No, I mean, it, I think you guys are aware there's lots of challenges and it's a, uh, you know, it's all about being that emotional or that relational attachment with the child that when you have biological kids, it's almost intuitive. It just happens, and it doesn't just happen when you adopt. I mean, that's basically what it's... It can. It just doesn't always. <laughs> yes, it can, but it, it doesn't happen yeah. intuitively. It, yeah. it has been a different road, and it's definitely a different road when you have kids who have been relationally harmed, yeah. as ours has. Um, when people who were supposed to be there to protect and love and support you have harmed you, it really does a number on the brain and the way that you're able or not able to um, calm your child, to have a relationship that, that works and thrives. So it's hard. Um, <clears throat> okay, we're going to move on to the third point, which was um, how we have changed. There's really, it's hard to address this in a short time because there's almost nothing that would look the same. Um, I feel like there's almost nothing that would look the same. How do I even go here? Like, what has changed? And I don't want to only paint a fatalistic view either because it's actually not this, but I want to say, even though it's going to sound bad, that um, this whole journey, the first one and this one, have um, really put us in a position of humility, you guys. Like, really bad. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel so good to realize how bad you really are. Like... How, like, really? I mean, there was a day I was a pretty good parent in my mind, you know, and I had some good skills, and I was pretty decent at this, you know, and then kabam, like, I've got nothing. I have got nothing without the Holy Spirit, which is hard, but it also puts us in a position of dependence on the Lord, so that's good, you know, but it's hard. So, super humility. Um, 
we've done things we never dreamed we'd do. We've said things we never dreamed we said we would say. I mean, we we have run the gamut. Um, every relationship in our family and outside of has been impacted in some way. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, I have something I would want to end on, but maybe you want to add to that. How you've changed your family. Well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, yeah, it, it's, you, you realize um, how selfish you are going through. I think it just becoming a parent, right? You, you're prior to being a parent, you get to focus on yourself primarily. And uh, after becoming a parent, um, it, it's not about you. And I think adoption just takes that to a different level. Or maybe that's just the journey we've been on, so it feels that way. But uh, I think that's, that what, that's what I've experienced. Yeah, so the good news is that there's a really good sermon for this. No, if you, if you go forth and adopt and you're like us, I, there's one I refer to, it's all the time, and I had to watch it again this week, and you know that I'm in a bad place when I'm watching this sermon, but it's really good. <laughs> and, um, and John Piper addressed a group of parents at the Christian Alliance for Orphans Summit many years ago, and I was there when he addressed us, and I've watched it a million times since. Um, this is probably the key thing that I keep coming back to when things are hard is you learn to live with an end view in mind. So we're beginning at amen here because some things are not going to be fixed and healed here. We can do what Kara said, and we're trying to point these kids toward healing and we're trying to walk through to healing ourselves but some of it's not going to happen here, and maybe none of it's going to happen here, and that's okay. And the reason that becomes okay is because Jesus is better. He's better. He's better than any good gift I could get from this adoption. He's better than anything death's going to take. He's better than any struggle that is going to come at us. Um, it doesn't always feel like that, but I just, I guess that's what I would say to you is, just because you're a believer and you love the Lord and you love kids and you have a heart for orphans, if you venture into these fields, you may experience amazing, miraculous things we have. We have experienced some of that, but you also may experience a lot of the cross, which is hard. And, um, and I guess the thing that this keeps teaching me is just to be okay with that, to be okay with saying, I don't need the perfect life now and we don't need a happy ending. I would love that. I'd love that for us. I'd love that for our kids. I'd love that for everybody. But if it doesn't happen, you know, he's better, and there'll be a day. So, um, yeah, that's it. But I feel like we've done a really bad sales pitch. So, <laughs> so it isn't all bad. We do have fun. I mean, our family, you know, does, does laugh, and, you know, we, we have a good time. But there are challenges, and but uh, the, but the one thing with life, right? I mean, everybody knows this from your ex own experiences. If something's challenging, it is more rewarding in the end. And I think it's you know, adoption's one of those things. So, oh dear, I asked my son on the way here. I'm like, does this sound too fatalistic? Is there any way we could kind of brighten? <laughs> I guess you had that feeling yes, too. Yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I don't know where you're at, like where you're sitting right now, but if you have ever felt estranged away and wanting so much to be received, loved, accepted, 
this same God who has done these amazing works in each of these families and brought them to this place where they can love a child that they've never seen before and get excited to receive them into their life and their world and love them and care for them without any prior performance or, or any other kind of, of criteria. Um, our great God is such a God that he loved you before the foundations of the world. While you were yet a sinner, he knew you and he loved you and he died for you through his son, Jesus Christ. He has paid the ultimate price for you and done for you what you could not do for yourself. And in that, he is an amazing God who can adopt every one of us into his kingdom and has room for all of us and will never regret not once receiving you into his kingdom. And if you have ever felt that way, like out there somewhere or orphaned in some way, let me tell you today that God is your answer. And uh, we would love for you to be prayed for today. Our prayer team is going to come and stand up here. We're going to have to kind of rush out of here and go get our kids because we're behind already in time and that sort of thing. But I really wanted these people to just share their heart with you today. I really wanted them to share exactly the way they did. So thank you, all of you, for your vulnerability and your openness and your transparency with all of us today. You spoke volumes, and, uh, and you declared God among us. And you declared the heart of God among us. And so thank you, thank you so much uh, for doing that. I feel like I know all of you so much better than I did a few moments ago. Uh, and I really, really appreciate that. So Life Church, let's get around these families who have adopted and have children in their home that are adopted children. Let's get around the families that are wanting to adopt and let's, let's financially support them, emotionally, spiritually support them. Uh, let's get around just the idea of what Life Church might be able to do as we go forward and embrace it and work with it, all right? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We thank you for this amazing day of revelation and understanding. Thank you for these families who have risked so much to share so deeply about so many things, Lord, that are uh, intense and, uh, and passionate in their hearts, God. We pray for them. We pray for their families. Would you strengthen them, encourage them, bless them, and help us as their church family to get around them and love on them and care for them and help them in any way possible. Thank you today that you, God, who is our Father, that you have given your Son, Jesus Christ, and you have given us every spiritual blessing that is in heavenly places, and that he and you have chosen us from the foundation of the world, that we should indeed be holy and blameless before you. But you, by your power, by your spirit, by your love, you predestine us for adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ for your will and for your purpose. God, we want you in your glorious grace to shine through all of our lives and what we do in Jesus' name. Bless us today as your people. Amen. All right, go in peace. God bless you all.